I am so excited. I have a new product that is finally here and it has been in the works for so long. It is the physical version of the conversation deck. And I am going to be talking a lot more about this deck in this episode. But in summary, it is 225 thought-provoking questions to explore values, build community, and develop conversation skills. And this can be used with children in a variety of ways, journaling, activities, uh, restorative justice circles, wellness checks, debates, you name it. Um, it's so, I'm so proud of it. I've been working on it for so long and I would love for you to go check it out. So you can get the conversation deck on my website, which is www.thecalmclassroom.org or also on my Etsy page, which is thecalmclassroom.etsy.com. Um, so go check it out and feel free to use the code podcast for $5 off your order of the conversation deck. So this episode you're about to listen to is a little bit different than ones we've done before. It is just me and it is going to be a very intense deep dive into all things chattiness and conversation. So if at all possible, I would recommend taking a seat, pulling out a pad of paper and a pen and taking notes during this episode because the strategies I'm going to share with you are definitely ones you're going to want to remember. And also... If you haven't seen already, in the show notes for this episode, I've included a link to a free guide with 20 different strategies that I'm going to be unpacking in this episode. So go ahead and check that out. Also, before we start this episode, I do want to make a quick appeal. If you're enjoying this show, we would absolutely love and appreciate if you could take a moment to go ahead and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, wherever you're listening, um, reviews do absolute wonders for our search engine optimization and help us get the word out about our show. So if you could do that, that would be absolutely wonderful. And if not, no worries. We still love that you're here and are really grateful for you tuning in. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome back to the Calm Classroom Podcast. It's me, Katie, and I'm flying solo this week. But don't worry, I won't be rambling on and on. I'm going to keep this episode super short, sweet, and to the point. And that point is channeling the chatter and achieving calm in your classroom. It's just that time of year. Mercury is in retrograde, it's testing season, and just like us, our little ones are more than ready for summer break. As motivation starts to wear thin, old habits and behaviors may start to sneak back in. You may have noticed that your students seem distracted or disinterested, which can lead to an uptick in disruptive behaviors like calling out or holding side conversations. If you're experiencing any of this in your classroom, trust me, you are not alone. My students have been talking nonstop recently. But that's why I created a free guide with 20 simple, actionable strategies for you to channel the chatter and achieve calm in your classroom today. These are all strategies that I use in my own classroom, and they've all worked wonderfully with my students. That being said, it is good to mix up these strategies, so I will roll out all of them. I don't recommend implementing all of them all at once. Pick and choose, 
and mix them up, see what works for your students. And in this episode, I'm going to be unpacking each of these strategies for you and also discussing a brand new resource I've created to help you more effectively channel the chatter in your classroom. So let's go ahead and dive in. So the guide that I've created is called They Never Stop Talking. This is one of the chief complaints I get from teachers on my Instagram page when I ask teachers what they're currently struggling with. So strategy number one is to teach and practice voice levels. Work quietly is just too vague. Students don't really understand what that means. So you can avoid confusion by explicitly teaching, modeling, and practicing voice levels with your students. You can use visuals, hand signals, or music as nonverbal cues and monitor your students closely. So an example of a voice level system could be zero means voice is off. One is a whisper voice. Two is a partner voice. Three is a group voice. And four is an outside voice. This system would probably work best for younger students. I know in my middle school classroom when I taught sixth grade, I was able to use a more nuanced voice level system. Um, So for example, I would say we're going to use our Starbucks voice or our coffee shop voice, a movie theater voice. And students were able to figure out what their volume should be based on each of those settings. So it really depends on what age your students are. But any voice level system should be very clear. And when they are clear, they're much more effective. Strategy two is to provide designated talk time. You can break up extended silent or listening time with talk time. For highest engagement, I would recommend co-creating a list of interesting topics with your students. Keep your directions very simple and clear. So for example, when I do talk time with my students, I give them the following four directions every single time. One, find a buddy to sit next to. I set my timer. They have usually about 30 seconds to a minute to find a buddy and take a seat. Two, pick a talk topic from the list, or occasionally I'll let them choose their own. Step three, stay in control of your body and use your coffee shop voice. Or you can say voice level two, or whatever your system is. And step four would be when the timer goes off, say goodbye to your buddy and quietly return to your seat. Students are really motivated by talk time. So just because it's really a preferred activity. So if you are struggling to get through a lesson, this is also something that you can use as a reward for getting through the lesson. And it's a natural consequence too, in a positive way. If you are able to get through the lesson and have additional minutes at the end, you can give your students talk time, and oftentimes they're really motivated by this. Another strategy you can use, this is number three in the guide that I've created, is to incorporate hand signals. Many students blurt out because they want to contribute to conversation, and ultimately this is a good thing. By providing hand signals to indicate opinions such as, I agree, I disagree, me too, or that's funny, Students can express their thoughts and opinions without disrupting the lesson. Practice, patience, and frequent reminders are definitely key here. The fourth strategy I've included in this guide is secret word. You can tell students the secret word at the start of the lesson, or maybe you can just write it on the board in a place where students know where to find it. Then tell students that the first student to raise their hand when they hear the secret word will earn some type of previously agreed upon reward. 
To keep students on their toes, I would definitely recommend using the secret word more than once per lesson because otherwise, once a student has identified that you've used it, it can actually be a little bit demotivating if you don't use it again. The next strategy I've included in the guide is plain and simple positive reinforcement. I know it sounds like it isn't really a strategy necessarily, but it really truly is. Narrating positive behaviors in your classroom when you see them is very positive and motivates students to continue meeting your expectations. Deliberately give every student an opportunity to have social and academic successes in your room, no matter how small they are. So for example, this could look like, oh, I love how Billy is raising his hand and waiting to be called on. Thank you, Billy. Go ahead and share. And that is just acknowledging that Billy is doing what he's supposed to do. It's a subtle reminder for other students who may not be doing what they're supposed to do to, you know, get back on track and meet your expectations. Another strategy that's really effective is just very frequent and random calling on students. You can keep them on their toes by using a spinner, popsicle sticks, or another tool to call on students at random. Definitely play to students' strengths and interests here as much as you can by asking questions that you know they can answer. If you want to track participation, you can use a simple tally system with a roster. This is what I do. I'm old school. I just clip a roster to a clipboard. Um, Or you can also use an online tool like ClassDojo. Another strategy that really works in my room is to assign a quiet keeper. This is a fun one. Um, Basically, you assign one student who is meeting your expectations to be the quiet keeper. You give them a sand timer, usually one to three minutes is best, and have them flip it over to start their turn. Their job is to walk around the room and look for the most focused, hardworking student to be the next quiet keeper. When the timer is done, they will hand it to the next quiet keeper. And to prevent disengagement, I would allow students to serve as the quiet keeper more than once because, like I said before, if a student has already been the quiet keeper and they know they can't be the quiet keeper again, it can actually be demotivating. So make sure that every student always has the opportunity to earn this. Another game that's really fun, and you can play it with individuals, table groups, or even your whole class, is to play the game Blurt. So anytime a student blurts out, add a letter. On mine, I do it, um, well, I've done different versions of this, but currently I'm doing it as uh, with table groups. And I will just add a letter to the little chalkboard that I keep on the end of their table. And the goal is to avoid spelling out the whole word. So if the class or group or student gets through the lesson without spelling the word blurt, provide a previously agreed upon reward such as talk time or table points or something like that. And this can be really fun. My students really love this one. The next one is to just switch up your attention getters because sometimes if you've been using the same handful of attention getters all year, students just get bored and they just stop hearing them. So it might be time to switch them up. Ask your students to help you come up with some of them. This can be more fun and the more student buy-in you have, the better. So for example, one that I use with my students and they actually help me come up with this one is I will say, holy moly, and they'll respond, guacamole. And, you know, the same ones aren't going to work every single time. So have kind of a repertoire of different ones that you can use and uh, mix them up. Next, we have nonverbal cues. And there are a ton of nonverbal cues you can use to get students' attention. 
And many of them actually work better than verbal cues when a class is already very loud. It's hard for them to hear you yelling over other people yelling too. So for example, you can use a bell, you can use music, you can sing a song, use a portable doorbell, or even visuals like a change in lighting. Or one that I do with my students, which is really fun, um, is I have this like silly hat and I also have these magic sunglasses, we call them. And when I put either of those items on, I am expecting students to then look at me. That means it's time for them to pay attention to what I'm saying and put away whatever it is that they're doing. Another strategy that I used a lot when I taught middle school were Kagan structures. And if you don't know what these are, they are simple step-by-step instructional strategies designed to increase student engagement and cooperation. So for example, a simple Kagan structure is Rally Robin. Rather than calling on students individually during a group discussion, the teacher will have all students responding at the same time. Um, They will have a partner, maybe a desk partner, or you can have them get up, play a song, and when the music stops, find someone... um, and give them a high five, and that person will be your partner. There's different ways that you can do this. But during a rally robin, the students will take turns giving answers to each other and can co-create a list of responses. So this keeps all students engaged rather than you just calling on one student and having that student respond while all the other students are just waiting or trying to listen. Another game that can be fun is student versus teacher. Student versus teacher is a quick and easy game to prompt and acknowledge students for following specific expectations in the classroom. So for example, if students come in quietly and take a seat within one minute of the bell ringing, they could earn a point. If they come in loudly and waste time getting to their seats, the teacher could earn a point. And I would definitely recommend here having predetermined expectations. You don't want to just constantly be acknowledging different behaviors and it it can get confusing for students and they may not actually understand how to earn a point. So have some predetermined behaviors that you really want to work on with students. So for me, one behavior I really am working on with them right now is just coming in quietly, like I said, and taking a seat within one minute. My students love to come in and socialize and do all types of stuff. So this has been really effective in getting my students to meet that expectation. Strategy 13 is to use a table point system to motivate the behaviors that you want to see. So similar to student versus teacher, you can use table points to motivate and acknowledge students to engage in that specific classroom behavior. So if you see all students working quietly in a group, you can add a point to the board. Um, And this can be really motivating because it kind of just gamifies your expectation and makes it more fun for students to meet that expectation. The next one is one that I've shared before on my Instagram page, but it's one that I really, really love and wanted to share here too, and that's called Catch a Bubble. This strategy is a wonderful way to de-escalate students after a high-energy activity like recess or any movement-based activity and get them to stop talking immediately. This is what I love about it. You tell students to catch a bubble in your mouth, and they'll go, and catch a bubble in their mouth. You count down from three. You don't want to do it longer than that because it can actually be traumatizing for students to hold their breaths for an extended period of time. So keep it very, very short and then tell students to pop their bubbles and remind students to breathe afterwards as well. And this really gets them to just come down from those high energy activities. And like I said, stop talking, which is great. 
The next one is to use blurt beans. You can start each day or lesson with a predetermined number of beans, and the goal is to add as many beans to the jar as possible. In my room, I use pinto beans, but you can use any type, really. On the jar, you'll label different rewards that students can earn when they've earned enough beans to fill up the jar to that label. And rewards should become more and more desirable as the jar becomes more full. Any time a student blurts, that's one less bean that can be added to the jar that day. And you can do this with students individually or with the whole group or a blended approach where every student has five beans. If they blurt, you come and take a bean. And then at the end, before they leave, all of them add to the jar. So there's different ways that you can do this, but that can also be really motivating. Next is copy my clap. This one is really fun, and it's also a really good way to just practice and encourage bilateral integration movements with your little ones who are still trying to master hand preference and handwriting um, because it gets them to cross the midline. So I do a lot of activities where I'm having students like touch their right hand to their left foot um, or maybe touch their nose with their right hand and their left hand or, you know, lots of different things that encourage them to cross the midline. But you'll start clapping a unique rhythm and wait for students to copy you. You'll do it again with a different rhythm. And you can also incorporate other movements like the ones I mentioned or sounds such as snapping, drumming on the desk, a word, a dance move. And after a few rounds of this, you should have students full attention and they should all be doing exactly what you say. And one thing I really love about this too is it's a really good way to get students to do the things that you want them to do. If you want them to take out a pencil, that can be something that they copy. If you want them to stand up and get in line, that can be something that they copy. Um, so there's different ways that this could look, but that's really effective. Next, we have quiet critters. This is really similar to the quiet keeper strategy, um, but I tell students that the quiet critter, in my class it's a little stuffed hippo, um, but you can use a little stuffed animal, figurine, anything like that. Um, and you tell the students that they like to visit students that are quiet and very focused on their work. So you'll give the quiet critter to a student meeting your expectations and set a timer. And when the timer ends, have the student give the quiet critter to another student who is also engaged in the expected behavior. And if you find that students are just passing the quiet critter to their friends, then you can remind students that if they're not using the quiet critter appropriately, then he's not going to be able to visit them again. Another strategy is to play the whisper game. When you want students' attention, whisper. If you can hear me, put your hands flat on your desk. Make sure you use a really quiet, soft voice for this. And if only a few kids hear you, keep going. If you can hear me, touch your toes. Keep going. If you can hear me, stand up. Students will think it's fun and more and more will start joining in. This is a really great way to get them prepared for a lesson or into ready position for a specific activity. Next is singing, which isn't really necessarily a strategy, but it is remarkably effective, especially with the little ones. I mean, it's hard not to sing when you know all of the words to a song. So teach your little ones a handful of songs and verses to use throughout the day to indicate certain transitions and behaviors. Then when you want students to engage in a certain behavior, start the song. Students will join in singing with you, and this can also serve as a subtle reminder of your expectations. For example, you can have a song for cleaning up, for lining up, for going back to your seats, and different things like that. 
The last strategy I've included here is to just front load the talking. Try flipping your lesson around by providing students with opportunities to speak as soon as they enter the room. Let them greet their friends. Let them catch up before diving into a listening-based activity. After all, aren't we the same way when we go to a staff meeting? It's hard not to speak to our peers, especially when we haven't seen them all day. And so it can be helpful if you start off your lesson by just letting them talk and get it all out of their system. So anyway, I really hope those strategies help you channel some of that chatter in your classroom and achieve a more calm environment. I know that summer is so close and it seems so far, but you are almost there. And I think that these strategies are really going to help you maintain control of your classroom for the next few weeks. Um, Another tool that I want to share with you before I hop off here is a new resource that I've created, and I'm so excited about it. It has literally been a year in the works. These supply chain issues are no joke. I've been waiting like six months for these to be delivered, but I finally have them. It is the physical version of the conversation deck. And it includes 225 thought-provoking questions to explore values, build community, and develop conversation skills. So the 225 questions are divided evenly into nine categories. That's 25 questions per category. The first category is icebreakers. And the icebreaker questions were really just designed to ease students into open and honest conversation. They include really lighthearted questions such as, if you were an animal for a day, what would you be? If you had a time machine, where would you go? These questions were really just designed to get students to open up a little bit while not pressuring them to share really personal information just yet. The second section is all about getting acquainted. So these are a little bit deeper and more introspective than the icebreaker questions. They gently ease participants into deeper, more introspective topics and can be used to introduce individuals or ideas. So they include questions like, if you had one day to do absolutely anything, what would you do? What are three words that friends would use to describe you? The next section is wellness checks. You can use these cards to check in with a person or a whole group. The wellness check questions gauge how a person or group is feeling in general or about something in particular and include questions like, if your day was a movie, what genre would it be? How would you describe your mood as a type of weather? The next category is exploring values. You can use these cards to discuss interests and beliefs or to reflect on a particular event. They encourage participants to think about and share their personal values. They include questions like, what is your favorite thing about your personality? And what do you think is the true purpose of money? The next section is community building. You can use these cards to build community in your classroom or to restore relationships. They include questions like, what is the farthest away from home you have ever been? And in group settings, do you tend to take lead or let someone else? The next section is taking responsibility. You can use these cards to reflect on harmful actions or behaviors. These questions invite self-reflection after a conflict or after somebody gets hurt and include questions like, what is one word to describe how you're feeling in this moment? 
How can we work together to move forward from this? The next section is curriculum connections. You can use these cards to connect texts or concepts to the real world. They help link lessons to life and things going on in reality and help bring your content to life. They include questions like, what does this quote remind you of? And how can you relate to this character? Next are hopes and dreams questions, and you can use these cards to motivate action and a growth mindset. They encourage positive thinking, visualization, and goal setting, and include questions like, tell me about a time you were proud of yourself, and what is one goal that you are confident you can achieve? And last but not least, we have the discussion and debate questions, which do exactly that, encourage discussion and debate and lively conversation, and can also be used to practice persuasive skills. They include questions that are silly, like, is cereal a soup? Is soap clean or dirty? And also ones that are more serious, like, should all kids be given an allowance? So I definitely would recommend if you are somebody who likes to start out your class with journaling activities or restorative conversations, if you are just looking for some questions to motivate fun and interesting conversation in your classroom, this deck was created just for you. It was absolutely a labor of love. I am so excited to finally share it with you. So anyway, I'm going to close out this episode here. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as usual, if you have anything that you want to ask or contribute to the podcast, we would absolutely love to hear from you. So feel free to email us at podcast, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at thecalmclassroom.org. Thank you so much for tuning into the Calm Classroom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would absolutely love and appreciate if you could leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're currently listening and share with others who may also be interested in this topic. Feel free to reach out to us directly at podcast at thecalmclassroom.org. Again, that's podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at thecalmclassroom.org to ask questions, share ideas, or submit your stories to the podcast. And we'll see you next week for a brand new episode.